Welcome to another episode of the Good Spire Podcast. I'm your host, Jarrell Liner, and each week we bring you insightful dialogue with amazing people about the mindset it takes to become the best version of yourself. So if you're ready, open up your heart and mind to receive, and let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Good Spire Podcast, where we dissect the mindset, achieving success. I'm your host, Jarrell Liner, and today we're speaking with Miss Cecilia Collier. And uh, Cecilia, before we get started, I would like for you to just give our audience a little bit of information about you. Okay. Um, I'm now retired, but I um, worked for probably the last 25 years of my career as a manager, uh, a director, uh, I've had a number of roles throughout my career, but uh, most recently I retired as a department director for a large county, uh, uh, and I had responsibility for transportation, uh, bridges and infrastructure, election, Animal services. Mm. I mean, it was it very, all, yeah. very diverse. Planning and land use okay. uh, for uh, the greater Portland, Oregon metropolitan area. So let's dive into it. I definitely appreciate that, that 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 information about you, and with such an amazing career of achieving that, I would say you were successful, right? And the question I have for you is, what do you think is your biggest characteristic that helped you? Become You know, I thought about this after I, I uh, told me you wanted to do this last, this past weekend, and I think there were a couple of factors that were were key. Uh, but underlying those factors were um, my faith, my Christian faith, mm-hmm. my uh, upbringing and experience, and uh, the fact that I was educated and trained as a social worker. So I've always had this belief and passion for um, respecting the dignity and worth of all Well, it it came to play in so many times, in so many ways. You know, Mm -hmm. if you, um, as I progressed in my career and had more responsibility and more power as such. Um, power can be easily misunderstood, misused. Uh, people can be very uncomfortable with it. But if you have a value base that underlies that, it guides your act. Yeah. So with that, with you know being in positions where you do have Achieving mm-hmm. a certain level with corporate America, even government. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that every day there was probably things that dealt. Right? Mm-hmm. I know that ultimately your mindset helped you get through that, right? Yeah. And your your mental fortitude. So were there any you know things that you may have done, like daily routine, specific habits that you had uh, that you can really attribute to your success? Some people they get up and work out. Mm-hmm. And meditate or something mm-hmm. like. If I don't do this today, my whole day may be gone. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have, did you have habits and things mm-hmm. of that nature? Mm-hmm. I did. I um. Uh, I did. I did meditate, but I usually, <laughs> I usually use meditation when I was uh, upset or uh, things were very emotionally intense for me. That was a way to kind of get a handle on balance and my thinking and my approach to get centered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes I would just close my office door and do that. Mm-hmm. But on a daily basis, I I definitely used a planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very helpful to me to be organized, to uh, to like look at my day, to assess my time, to know what. Um, priorities were and sometimes things 
come up and I had to triage that. Mm. But that was very helpful for me. Yeah, I know a lot of us, especially younger professionals, kind of fly by the seat of our pants. We don't plan. We don't structure things. And you wonder why yeah. things don't happen. Now, yes. I, I tell people all the time, it's like using GPS. I can say I want to get to here, point B, but there has to be some type of direction. Yes. If not, I'm just going to be wandering. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So yes. that's powerful with using the planner. And for you, was it like you know, every morning you would get up and look at your day and what you had to do? Or was it more so like evenings? Or how did you plan and structure your days? I oftentimes uh, at the end of the day would uh, make notes about what things were outstanding and what things uh, had come up that were down on a front burner. And then in the morning, I would uh, sit there, look at, look at the calendar. Sometimes I would have to cancel certain meetings because um, priorities had changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in the morning, then I would, I would put together my day. So for you, it was about structure. In the morning, you knew what was going yes. on that day. Yeah. And then at the end of your day, it's almost like you plan for the next day yes. as well. Awesome. Yeah. And now, during your, your journey, uh, you know, as we all do, I know we, we all make mistakes. And a lot of times, it's big mistakes. So for you, was it, whenever you made a mistake, something that could possibly even be detrimental, um, how did you mentally kind of attack that and overcome that? Um. Well, having worked as long as I did, uh, I had made a lot of mistakes, and uh, some were negligible and and learning fodder for me, and other times I needed to act on them. Um, the first thing for me is uh, to own my stuff. You know, if I'm responsible, if I've done something that caused this to happen, and it's it, problematic then i own that um we always have to place the blame so you're saying own it own it own it if you're if you're wrong and other people are involved apologize uh there's nothing more powerful than um, acknowledging your own humanness your own weakness and Mm -hmm. your own error because not only uh you set an example for others uh, but you feel growing. Now, I know you mentioned only feeling it growing. Um, I think, especially for us, a lot of things that we deal with are on the outside. But ultimately, on the inside, I feel like talk about mental health, black community. I think a lot of us deal with depression. We don't realize. Going through things, things aren't happening the way you want them to feel a certain way. You don't get diagnosed, or you may not even speak to anybody about it. Just deal with it all here. Um, so for you, um, maybe when you felt like things weren't going the way they should, I wouldn't necessarily classify it as depression, but just feeling like in a dark space. I know mm-hmm. we've all been there. Mm-hmm. You know, for you, for you, what helped you get through those moments? Uh. I, I think of one situation in particular, being an African-American woman in a situation that was dominated by mostly white males. Um, there were times when uh, I was treated differently based upon my race and sex, and it was very obvious to me. And um, initially, when that first, when I would find that first happening, I would be uh, angry and I might speak out about it. You know, for example, being a in a meeting where I am the only woman and the only African American and I say something and people talk over me or repeat something I say act not don't acknowledge what I've said but speak over what I say or repeat what I've said and then there's shook you know, shaking heads from other mm-hmm. white men. And that used to just make me so upset. Um, but you, uh, get past that, you recognize that happens. It doesn't just happen to you. It happens to other people who have, uh, differences that are similar to yours or different. 
people mm-hmm. of color, period, or women, period. And um, it's kind of like knowing your boundary. Um, there's a point at which folks can do things that are annoying, and they do those unintentionally, maybe learn social behavior, unknown racism, all of that. But when somebody goes after you, based upon uh, who you are or how you look, um, then that's when it's time to stand for yourself um, and stand for what's right. Um, Be strategic about how you engage um, your superiors and others who have power um, in, in that fight. And um, don't be afraid to call a spade a spade. I heard something this morning, though, you know, Colin Powell, Colin Powell died today, and I was sad to hear that. But he has uh, a lot of writing quotes about leadership. And one of the things he said is, get mad, but then get over it. And that's so important because uh, I have got, I have found myself at time, at, in one time in particular, shortly before I retire, being so angry and so upset. And it's like all the years of all this, um, these many stressors that folks put on you in terms of who you are as, uh, as a Black woman or an African-American um, had just kind of come together and I was loaded for bear for a long time. But I recognized that, you know, I was giving people free rent in my head, um, that I had moved on. In fact, I had to get an attorney. Um, I, I won the situation. Um, <clears throat> they were trying to get rid of me. That didn't happen. I was going when I was ready to go for my reason. Um, my work and my uh, reviews and my salary increases spoke for themselves. And so I really had to work with myself to not be so ticked off that it was um, eating at me. And I did become um, depressed because anger can take a lot of positive energy away. Yeah, you know, grinds that down. Hey, <laughs> hey. And then there's a point at which you have to decide am I going to allow this to define who I am and how my days go Um, or am I going to move on and embrace the people who support me who love me, who care about me what's important in my life And, and I say it was shortly before I retired, maybe about three years because from that point on when I finally got to that um, I I redefined what was important, and uh, I was blessed to have uh, met my husband uh, online, and I remarried at sixty-two, and he was sixty-five. And uh, a year and a half after that, I thought, you know, our time together is more important than what's going on here every day (laughs) and uh you know and and i had i had planned to retire and at some point uh, not as quickly as i did but that became my priority Hmm. so question i have a few but one is it seems like definition of assessment shifted over even like just now you said certain things became important so today, ah, uh, yeah, like you define the word success. What does that mean? Um, well, it hasn't. It no, I wouldn't say that it's it changed in terms of its core, because the values base is still the same. Um, situations in life, and kind of like your life day, have an impact on uh, perception. Um on uh, restructuring or rearranging your priorities. Uh, like right right now, 
there was a time in which when I was working and all of that, my children, raising children, guiding children, um, that was a priority for me, even though my work supported uh, the ability to do that. That was my focus. Drive. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. So, um, but it still had to do with uh, what I valued in terms of uh, people and developing those little people or developing um, people I was responsible for, uh, uh, trying to find their strengths and how they could be their best selves to get mm -hmm. certain outcomes because. Um, the value and dignity and worth of people was core to that. And there's a part of uh, steward leadership that that runs through that too. That you're mm -hmm. that you've got to serve in order to yeah, to be leadership. successful. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so that that rings true in my early career. I was a mental health professional for mm. uh, a decade before I went into administration. Mm. And uh, that rings true in terms of uh, when when my career and the growth of my career and my, my children were older, uh, I wanted to be able to have impact on larger systems. You know, when I did mental health counseling, it was one-on-one -on -one with Mary Sue or John, and mm. um, and I felt like I had positive impact in terms of people resolving issues for themselves. But um, as you take on more responsibility and are responsible for larger organizations or systems, um, and that became a broader challenge, and that's where my focus was. How can I how can I influence the system so it is good for the outcomes that the public pays for, uh, but also for the people who do the work? What is failure? Um, what is failure? Failure for me, my first really big failure was allowing myself to take on a role that was not a good fit for me. Um, and where my skills, my passion, my knowledge um, were not in sync with the past of the role. But it was a big role. It was a, a move to, a, to Northern California, which I love. Um, and it, it took me a while to get to a place where I could accept this, this work, this made for your contribution to this organization, this didn't work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that initially, uh, felt like failure. But you know, all things happen for good. True, true. And you grow and you learn. And I resigned from that position. I was, uh, I worked for a small little software company in Silicon Valley uh, as an as a office manager. And this was, I mean, small. It was like maybe eight employees. And uh, it was wonderful. And it was at a wonderful time in my life. Because I I needed to become familiar uh, I need to become familiar with myself in an area uh, I needed to heal I also needed to become familiar with myself in a smaller environment uh, work environment where I could grow and adjust to all of this change. I had divorced. I had moved across country. Uh, uh, my oldest son was in Japan, so he wasn't mm -hmm. there. My youngest son uh, was now uh, with a single parent. It was uh, my life was in 
chaos is such. And so that allowed for that to happen. And it also, my mother became ill, and it also allowed for me to take the time I needed to go back uh, to my home to look after my mom and, and eventually make a decision to move back to Iowa. So one question that popped that you considered taking that failure, right? So what? That was in retrospect. In though. retrospect. Mm-hmm. So it seems like, well, the question is, in your mind, mm-hmm. process of, number one, I guess, admitting to yourself mm-hmm. that maybe you're in the wrong situation. But then more importantly, because I think a lot of people are in a situation not only just business, it could be relationship in a lot mm-hmm. of a lot mm-hmm. of ways. You mm-hmm. know, this isn't aligning with what I'm supposed to be doing. And the question I have is like, how did you have courage to not only admit it to yourself, but take the action to get out of it? Um <laughs> what what was always and what still is always true for me is that I can feel it internally. The anxiety, the thoughts that go through my mind, um, the the absence of joy, um, the lack of a sense of accomplishment or contribution, positive contribution. Um, and because I've always been introspective, um, you, I, I, you know, you can go into denial for a while and say, well, this, this, and, you know, you went to a course and this all worked out, make good money, and blah, 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 blah. But uh, when you live with yourself and you know yourself and you hear yourself and feel yourself, you know what you know. You know. And uh, only you can make that kind of change. For me, it was... Uh, I can manage a short-term embarrassment for myself. And in fact, all the people I'm working with really don't care. Um, I think my my immediate uh, managers and people that I work closely with knew as well as I did that this mm-hmm. was a good fit. and. Um, while it doesn't feel good to feel like you failed, um, there is some relief and um, reconciling that comes once you make that decision. That's the important. That's the important thing to say. Hear yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of more. So, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and you mentioned earlier on. And and you said it, whether it be work or a relationship, this was true in a relationship, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to tell myself, if I just try harder, if I just do this, if mm-hmm. I just love more, if I just... But it was not a good fit. We were not equally yoked. And at some point, I recognized this is myself, my core, my spirit talking to me, and I better listen. Yeah. So do you do you believe in purpose? Uh, yeah, yeah. I and the reason I say that more more cavalierly is because I think we all have a purpose. I think that purpose is generally is is more broad than it is uh, specific or tied to an industry or job or title, or um, I think purpose is tied to values now. Uh, I know that I have been gifted with not only the ability to be introspective, but to do really gifted and trained good assessment of people. Okay? Uh, people's strengths, people's uh, 
areas of growth. Um, and my purpose in having those gifts is um, to enhance relationships to the place where Hopefully, I can support people in being their best self. And that doesn't take a certain setting. It doesn't require a certain job. It basically just requires. Now, as a person of leader, what do you think is number one quality? I think it's uh, I think it's about being able to encourage, inspire, support others that are that that you. Um, I think in terms of uh, an effective leader, people people have to choose to follow. They have to allow to lead them. People can take your directive all day long. That's their job. But they're not going to be influenced by you in terms of uh, their own actions and results mm-hmm. and unless you uh, demonstrate some caring, some passion, some um, wisdom, something that you can share that inspires them to get. Um, empathy, but also also uh, encouragement and acknowledgement of their strength. It's like it's more important to you to get from your leader um, words of support, words of acknowledgement, affirmation, than it is just a clear, just a simple clear direction. True, true, very. <laughs> okay. If I can't connect you, and not necessarily on a personal level, but if, I, if I'm not understanding you, and I uh-huh. feel like, then like you said, it's, it's a different way to. Folly. Exactly. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned early on that your faith uh, has played a lot in your success. The question I have is there's two different things that I think related, mm-hmm. and I want to ask you how to compare these two words. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me the difference between faith and manifestation. Mm. That's a good question. <clears throat> well, faith is uh, a belief. You know, the faith is that I believe X, Y, Z. And if I believe X, Y, Z and focus on that, um, then generally I, I will see it manifest. Um, and that's more on a... Um, spiritual values uh behavioral level than it is on a concrete uh I believe I need more money therefore a hundred thousand dollars gonna manifest <laughs> no no uh but I believe that I will be provided for and cared for in a manner that I am not in poverty that I have to basically back. And what manifests is that open doors that allow that to happen. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm at too. I, I believe faith is believing something happens. Yes. But then they say faith without works is dead. Absolutely. And I think the works is the manifest. Absolutely. I can believe I'm going to get from here to out there. I can sit here and hope I'm teleported out there, right? It's yeah. just going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or I can get up and physically walk. Yeah. And that's the manifestation. 
that I think a, a lot of especially younger people we don't understand. We'll have faith and we'll I prayed about it. Okay, you prayed about it. What are you doing about it? So, but, but I think those actions of the actions are essential and your faith is what powers those actions. Mm-hmm. That's the power behind those actions. But the manifestation, sometimes that don't come right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't come in the form you you had envisioned it. Mm-hmm. Um and that's where faith comes in as well. You got to be patient. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, and that's the thing and, we want everything so instantly now. Yeah, in the society. yeah, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the manifestation manifestation is the uh, outcome, and and to me, um, it that's kind of cyclical because it mm-hmm. it prepares you for uh, mm-hmm. your your next challenge, your next level of faith, your next outcome. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's powerful. Like I said, I feel like we have to understand that small thing. We mm-hmm. can't just pray or want to happen. We have to take the action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and in regards to that, when when you're trying to take action, you do believe that something is for you, right? Uh-huh. You believe that there's purpose. I think uh, another thing that creeps into a lot of our is fear. Right? Oh, absolutely. So for you, like, what is fear, or does that even exist? Sure. You're human, but yeah. I, uh, I do know that that fear is the opposite of faith, yeah. and so I have to work with myself. Uh, a, a prime example, just in life, um, is my oldest son um, had a, a cyst in his brain, had to have emergency brain surgery, and uh, that I was I was very afraid because yeah. I had never imagined my life without him. Okay, or him without his ability, um, and he went through that surgery. Then uh, it grew back, and he had to have a second surgery. Um, but what I what I experienced, kind of like in the height of fear, was this overwhelming sense of helplessness. The inability to affect any change and knowing that I could not, there's nothing that I could do physically to affect change. And that's when I had to really deal with faith. Because the only thing I had was prayer. (laughs) And the only thing I had was God's in charge of this. You know? And uh, yeah, that's the most recent experience. In terms of jobs and situations, I, you know, I've, there have been times when I've been fearful, but but my faith always helped to help me focus on, okay, what do I need to do? What actions do I need to take? What do I need to own? What resources do I need to pull together, you know, to support this action? Or uh, who do I need to talk to to bounce things off of, see if my thinking's right? Yeah. You know? So almost like fear... The thing, fear can be a positive. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it can it, be a driving it, force. Yeah. It puts you into action. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can put you into action. Or it can devastate you. And that's what you've got to really guard against. Mm-hmm. Not allowing fear to uh, debilitize you. Yeah. Yeah. It can. Mm-hmm. You know, fear is, is tied with, with some people's definition of failure. Mm-hmm. You know, if you try to do something and it doesn't work immediately, you may consider yourself a failure, and a lot of times I can see how it leads people to have fear to yeah, about trying again. Trying again. Yeah. And sometimes it was kind of like a sometimes like your postmortem of your fear or the situation is like that was not the right move. That was God's way of telling you, Mm-mm. yeah, okay, <laughs> right, <laughs> or um, those doors didn't open because mm-hmm. you weren't yet prepared. Okay. Yeah. Um, or the um, vision or outcome you had for yourself was not in sync uh, with your values and the things that are really important for you to focus on right now. Or sometimes uh, you just didn't do the footwork. <laughs> and that's you have to admit that to yourself. Yeah. 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 Very. Yeah. You have to be yeah. introspective. Yes. Yeah, that's where we lose a lot. Yes. Yeah. We we blame it on everybody else. 
The only... white man did this. Did <laughs> yeah. This. White man can only do so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, get over it. Move yeah. on. Yeah. So speaking of that, you know, our community, uh, the black community specifically, um, you know, someone who's, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot in this life. You've seen black community progress in ways we probably never could have imagined. Even the shirt you have on now is President Obama. You know? <laughs> Yeah. We a lot of us didn't think that would be a possibility yes. at this stage. Yeah. So, you know, looking at, at our community, your perspective, what do you think are the biggest hindrances we have internally? Like we said, the white man can only do so much. Yes. The society can what are what is it that we need to focus on? You think can really help us progress and get further like, as a whole. Oh wow, that's big. Huh. You know, I it, that might have been easier for me to answer a little over a year ago, but now it's even getting harder because I, I think we did such a wonderful job in terms of turning out the boat and in a different that regard. Um, but the devil is literally a big and um, oh, putting in overtime. <laughs> yeah. Uh but let me let me think, okay, as a whole. You know, um, I think it's wonderful that we have access to the technologies we have today, but I also see our focus being um, diluted because we have so many distractions available and accessible and taking our time and our energy and our resources. Internet. One, social media. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Gift and a curse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because one of the, the positive uh, things that has outcome the pandemic, I think, has been uh, many, many people have had different quality of time to ponder some things and to deal with some basics. Um, and for, for us, it still, to me, has a lot to do with investing. However, we do that in terms of time, focus, or prayer, or whatever in in our in our young and the kind of value that we that teach our young and live out. You know, like I don't understand how people uh, are are shooting, killing each other in large urban areas. I, I I just don't I don't understand what happens to somebody that that gets in such despair and they're violent and they're Yeah. You know what troubles me in that regard? You know my my wife's from Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't we all know Chicago. Yes, I was thinking of Chicago mm-hmm. when I said that because <laughs> yeah. I have I have family there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the one thing that that kind of messes with me is that it's almost like we're we're taught to hate it ourselves. Yeah, because some some of course there's some crimes that happen that are you could say just reasons behind, it, but what happens. You know, Chicago and other cities that a male, a black male specifically, that has on a certain color, right? Yeah. Say so you have on a red. Right. And if I decide to go on the other side of town, I can see another black male that looks just like me, so to speak, but because he has on a different color, I'm his enemy. I'm here. his enemy. He's mortal and like, I'm here to kill you. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Just, so it's like, when you see a reflection of yourself, you hate that reflection so much so that you're willing to kill it. This person has done nothing to you except exist in your world and, and on that day. 
But, you know, we see white people, every, they, we let them do whatever they want to us. You know, we don't go around doing that to them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like we've been taught to hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. When we see ourselves, we kill ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Without realizing. That's scary. Kind of hope mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it's, it's frightening. Absolutely. That's, that's, if we fix that to some degree, and I think maybe it goes back to, and this is something maybe you can attest to, but back in the day, like certain things that wasn't going to go down, somebody up the street will whip your yeah, mom. <laughs> exactly. You're not doing that and on the street. And tell your mom. Yeah. Now everybody, I ain't seen nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Snitches get snitches or whatever. But back in the day, it was it was a unity in our community where yeah. certain things wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think we need to get back to that, yeah. that culture. You know? Yeah. But don't you also think that was before um, the time of uh, prevalent drugs in our society and um, that being a devastating, overwhelming part of, of urban poverty, you know, that, that drugs have robbed mothers and fathers from children and children seeing things and learn things at a very early age that they should never have been exposed and didn't enjoy. Um, wonder, and I guess this goes to the health, wonder why certain people, they act certain people have to understand the trauma exactly. that they've been going through their whole life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we know that that trauma, particularly early on, rewires the brain. We we never admit that. Mm-hmm. And and you spoke on that you were in mental health. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about the perception of mental health? I think we're moving. I think we're moving forward. I, I agree. Yeah. I think we're moving forward, but way, way, way too slow. Mm-hmm. Way too slow, and we have been. Um, maybe because of a uh, lack of resources uh, to expose ourselves uh, to those resources, a lack of money to expose ourselves to those resources centuries ago, but also, you know, uh, everything from the black church to the barbershop to the community was not supportive of somebody else knowing your business. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and mental health services or um, really uh, quality mental health intervention requires uh, really getting into your business, how you feel, what you think, what your experiences have been. And that has always been an unsafe territory for us because we were so harshly judged. And the majority of mental health professionals still are other than um, people of color. So that's been a slow road for us. There's more and more um, uh, uh, people of color who are mental health professionals. There are more and more community mental health centers, one which I worked in for about eight years, a child guidance center. Um, And there's more conversation about, you know, everything from um, kind of, impact that social media has team self team mm-hmm. uh, suicide suicide ideation uh, the kinds of things people supposed to bullying I remember bullying there wasn't the word was existed yeah. but the fact that people called me chicken legs or mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That was not something that defined me. Uh-huh. But my but my parents taught me that and and supported me in terms of my self esteem and self awareness. Mm. That's not always there because people look outside their poor family yeah. and the social media and other places to get approval. Well, they don't care about you. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Social media doesn't care. They don't know yeah. about you. Yeah. But yeah, we place too much on getting likes and yes. being accepted. 
Yes. And it's crazy. Yes. That's, that's a whole nother conversation. Yes. But but we still have a long way to go mm-hmm. in terms of the the uh, embracing of uh, mental health services, acknowledging the reality and the humanness of mental health problems, um, and knowing um, publicly stories where, you know, uh, there are wonderful outcomes for people who have grown through a mental health crisis or uh, have utilized therapy just for their own uh, growth and well-being. So with mental health, you know, just being transparent, like there, there was a time in my life where I know I was, mm-hmm. right? and it was time like I, I was one day I was sitting in my car, and I really wanted to drive through a wall. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like that type of feeling. Mm-hmm. And my question is like, for, is there any insight you can give someone? You know, if you are, if you get into that moment, to mm-hmm. that space, mm-hmm. what can you do to get out? Because if not, like, you would end up driving through that. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. how how do you get yourself out of that? How can somebody remove themselves from feeling like save their life? Mm-hmm. I think uh, you have to have. I not have to have. Ideally, someone you can trust, uh, who you can talk to, who will listen to you and hear you, uh, mm-hmm. and who's Opinion, you trust. So, when, but if you don't feel like you have, if you don't feel like you have anybody. There's all kinds of crisis lines available, all kinds of crisis available, and people who are trained to help you get some perspective, uh, acknowledge and accept that you have the feelings that you have. But let's look at ways that we can act on it differently. Yeah. Um, that don't have a devastating long term. Because none of us, even in our greatest despair, none of us really want oftentimes to hurt the people we love. We might want to hurt ourselves. We want might want to get rid of this pain, this struggle, this um, this kind of overwhelming despair. But none of us really wants to hurt our mother, our children, our our siblings. You know. So just knowing who to call, or that you you yeah. need to make a call. Because it seems like for me, it's like you, when you're in that space, you do feel alone. You yes. Have to realize. Not. 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 Yeah. Let me just call this number of somebody I do not know. And if I talk to that, that person doesn't sound right or doesn't come off right to me, there are other numbers, okay? And you can't call, call God. Hey. Talk to God. <laughs> now, you can definitely do yeah, that. Yeah, But oftentimes, um, people are struggling with their relationship. Mm. Um, but God hears our cry, you know, at our most desperate time. And... Uh, so yeah, that that definitely is something that you can do, but it it uh, it takes that getting to a bottom where you're really truly open to surrender, you know. And sometimes Whoa, people, yeah, yeah, this, hey, this is me. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's everything. It's open yeah. up, and, yeah, and that's the hardest thing to do. Yes. I think is just yes. truly open up. And say, yeah, you know, this is what it is. Yeah, you know, but definitely, I think, like you said, we're moving. Mental health is moving in the right direction over the last maybe year or two, especially with the pandemic. I think mm-hmm. a lot of things mm-hmm. have been exposed, and other tools and resources have come about. Yeah, um, but definitely, we're we're behind the curve in that regard, and we do need pushing forward. Absolutely. Um, but number one is just accepting the fact that no matter who you are, you're going to deal with something that does not make you weak if you seek help. Because I think that's the thing. Especially black men, you're weak if you need mental health. You know what I'm saying? And actually, it's a strength. Mm, It's the opposite. It Mm. is absolutely a strength. Yeah. Absolutely a strength to know 
in your in yourself and acknowledge and take action on the fact that you you need somebody outside of yourself to pull you. Man, it's been an amazing conversation. Amazing. And I want to end uh, with two questions. Number one is, what would you say are your core values? One I, I shared with Truly respect the value. You know, even when I look at stuff, stuff that I, I, I don't understand, don't like, wouldn't vote for, wouldn't support people, I recognize these are people with family. These are people who have um, come to believe their position. Um, these are people who put on their pants just like I do. And um, they are here for um, And I allow them respect and and know that everybody has value. Not not necessarily thoroughly, but as as God being mm. that's one. And the other the the other thing uh, that I value is uh, is very simple. The last one is if you could sum up your life. Ooh, ooh. Uh, extremely self Yeah, Extrovert get replenished, get their being with others. <clears throat> I replenish my energy a long time, processing so, time. <laughs> well, well, no, it just that's who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's I had to learn to do that. Me meditating, spending time getting to know myself mm -hmm. is that's it's an eye opening thing because. You have to be honest with yourself and just be comfortable enough to be yeah. there. Good. And it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. This is some good information, some wisdom good. Uh, that, that I, I got some uh, wisdom from, and I know I listened to as well. I really appreciate your time. And, You're welcome. And thank you very much. Oh, I'm happy to do it. All right.